At this concert, uh, I felt really alone, disconnected from everybody. Here we are in a church, in the Garden of Eden. Uh, so on my way home, I, uh, uh, I tried to explain to the people I was with. I, uh, I ran out of gas, and uh, I had I found a guy to give me some gas. Then uh, I went back to the car. When I got back to the car, my battery was dead. And uh, there was an industrial parking lot with a guy in a Jeep and a plow, and he was, I asked him to come back and check uh, my battery so I'd get going. And when we came back, um, my tire was flat, driving up on the car. And I said, just never mind. And he just drove away and said, well, can I take you somewhere? I said, no. I left my car there and just started walking home. And on the way home, all these voices from people in the know, people who know the Bible, were invalidating this experience. And I started to feel that maybe I'd, this was just a creation of my own, that it really didn't happen. And there's nothing there. There really isn't a God. When you die, that's the end of it. And um, also, I was pretty depressed because I couldn't function with people and with uh, I had moments where I couldn't recognize my own parents. So I was in kind of an odd place. And I wanted to just lay down in the snowbank and die. And at that moment, I felt the presence of Christ. It felt kind of like he wrapped himself around me and there's nothing to look at, but it felt like he put his arm around me and, and spoke to me and said, David, I love you and I've been with you from the beginning. And that led to, uh, you know, scriptures and reading and... Uh, then I shared that with uh, Don DeGraff and Brian and some other people who were praying for me and with me uh, on earlier occasions. And we started a, a group meeting and everybody was inviting their friends and I would share and I would play music and I started writing music. The, the meetings started to grow and in those meetings there were needs met. Um, Mostly needs like the truth of the, the reality of it. You know, is this is this uh, contrived or is this really the Holy Spirit? And so, in a scientific way, I think it's an appropriate way <laughs> to start looking for your own personal evidence. Now, my yeah. evidence is is no good to anybody else. It, it's you know, it's for me. That's my yeah. evidence, and that's yeah. what I hang. Once in a while, you bump into somebody else who has their own evidence. Mm -hmm. And um, you tend to not want to talk about it too much because you don't want to lose it. So it's best to keep that thing going rather than trying to make a religion and trying to convert somebody else. Now, if somebody else wants to know for themselves and they're at a point in their life, It'll come about. They'll either ask you or you'll feel led to tell them. Mm -hmm. And then based on that, they'll go, go, it's, they'll go into their own closet mm -hmm. and do their own prayer.
don't know about other human beings, but for me, when I, all my life, not meaning to, I've turned my spiritual experiences into religion, merely by just talking about it. God didn't need words to grab a hold of words. It becomes cliche-ish, and I start losing that guidance, and it's so subtle you don't know, because you're hanging on to this knowledge, you got the words now to say what it means. Today, I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. And we're going to attack every devil that's been attacking you. Do you have any area of your life that's been attacked? I know you're there. But you've lost the spirit. Um, when you came into the group, um, I was wondering what kind of experiences were the other members of the group, group having? Well, I can remember um, at a meeting, we'd have a time when people could stand up and share. Now, it's interesting because there's people who got up who you could tell had genuine, they didn't know what words to wrap around it. Something happened to them. Okay, something good happened to him. They didn't know quite how to articulate it. But it's interesting, you could, you could still get that they're true, okay? Then there were people who were kind of making up testimonies. They really wanted God to be so bad that they were making up their own little stuff so they could stand up and share. Hallelujah! It was interesting, if you use your discernment, you can kind of see who's religious. Now, there was a person and I'm just going to share this, not everyone, but I saw the Spirit of God move into a person's heart, begin to burn and glow, and you knew you were the one that was being ministered to. And who's on the spiritual path? You need to make a vow right now and pay it quickly. Go to your phone right now and call me at 214-620-6200, and I won't lay my hands upon that. that. So it kind of turned into letting yourself be, I don't know if these are the right words, be used by the Holy Spirit or be a conduit to, or a, a channel, so to speak. I don't, want to sound, I don't want to sound new age, but it's a way of making yourself uh, from one dimension to another. I really don't want to put it into scriptural terms. It has been a principality influencing that person because it's been beaten to death. It's all cliches at this point in time. But I have sent my angel, saith the Lord, and you will see a noticeable difference in the next five days. We need to find language that really hits the mark. Jesus did. When he talked to the fishermen, he said, I will make you fishers of men. Now that wasn't scripture then. All these young people were like 18, 20, and... Um, so, this was the age where everybody was searching and discovering and find, trying themselves out. And uh, so, it was needed in a lot of, they weren't getting that kind of interaction at home mm-hmm. with their parents, and they weren't getting it at church. It's kind of a revolutionary thing for a lot of people to be able to, to share, to go experiment, come back and share some more, and hear other people talk. 
And I'm sure a lot of it was embellished. Embellished in what way, do you think? Pardon? I said, how do you think they were embellished? What happens is most folks just never saw anybody as annoyed as I am, as bold as I am, as wild as I am on television, and I don't pull any punches, and I certainly ain't lukewarm. There's so many lukewarm preachers out there, you can't tell what they're preaching or what they believe. Do you know what I believe? Um, just in putting it in words, I think Don DeGraff embellished his experience. I think he had an experience, but I don't think it's what he said it was. I think he turned. I, I think the community, the language he used to describe his experience was uh, uh, embellished uh, to to get attention. It set him up. It gave him power. He was an authority. If he told you about his experience and you never had one, you go, "Wow, God talked to you." Never talked to me. He claimed to have an audible voice experience. He was um, in the Navy, and um, while he was on an aircraft carrier, all of his buddies got killed. And uh, he was with them, and he should have been killed, too. Hold down. Out of your thinking now. And uh, he got out. He was at a party, and some gal started praying for him. And he was awkward. He didn't want to hear it. He was kind of mocking her. And then something happened. He couldn't speak. It's like the spirit just took his his arrogance away from him. And this girl was able to finish what she was saying. And he couldn't speak the rest of the night. And it, it, something happened to him. And I think it was sobering for him. And as he shared this, people would start coming. Other people started sharing their testimonies, and uh, uh, the word, it was a buzz around town. The voices come and deceive. Really, what, what was he saying that was so, um, just like, interesting to people? Uh, God lives. I love you. Whatever you're not getting at home, you can get right here. Brian and I helped lead meetings. He was there. It was like a level playing field. Okay. But as things began to grow, you know, Don would say, well, I think we ought to go this way with it. And we'd all go, well, yeah, you're probably right. So then we go that way. You know, it's not like over. To some degree, if you called him on it, he would, he didn't want to be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, I'll participate. And then when he became covert is when he took on uh, one of the women uh, and tried to keep that quiet. And he was married. Then he took on another one. And it, nobody called him. It turned out to be okay. His wife did. Then he took on another one. And nobody was challenging him. So he just kept going. So I think that's where he turned. He'd invite him over to meditate. Ooh, I get to go over to the leader's house. Oh, where's everybody else? Well, nobody's here. It's just you and me. And everybody went along with it. And I knew what was happening, but I didn't want to know.
Do not trust in the arm of flesh. Do not trust in the arm of flesh. And the first thing I did was started trusting in the graph. And at that point, I started not listening to that little voice and started following an external source. It became a cult, I believe, when the graph went to Florida. Yeah, from then on, he always had a shoulder holster in his airplane. You know, to, to wrap it up, that's kind of what uh, uh, was going on in Michigan. I went to Florida, all of that stopped. He needed somebody to tell him the truth that he didn't want to hear. So he asked me, and I told him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at that point, he just kind of kept me at bay. Mm-hmm. He never told me and I special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I left the game. Parents started mm-hmm. calling me. John DeGraff bought a ski lodge up in uh, Val Verde, which is in northern New Mexico. The Vikings mm-hmm. of fire and cows. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they, he had kind of like a little commune going there and with an airport close by so he could fly in and minister to his disciples. I was mm-hmm. out of it. I'd been out of it for about a year and a half at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, calling me and saying, would you go up and, and get my kid out of there? Mm-hmm. I said, well, I don't know if I can get him out, but I will go up and talk to him. And, uh, so I did. When I left that, I was praying for an answer. Mm-hmm. I was praying for a sign so I could leave. When it came time to leave, I had to leave because I decided to leave. Not because God told me. Okay. He told me not to go into it in the first place. Don't trust any on the flesh, so what I do? Go find a Christian guru somewhere. So, you know, I deserve what I got. Yeah. Uh, I never blame God for that. I don't even blame the breath for it. Yeah, from that point forward, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of respect for church authority. Mm-hmm. Not because of graph, but because of other authority figures who were doing basically the same thing the graph was doing. They had a tax number from the United States government to do it. Hallelujah and supernatural money! So, but for some reason, I always kind of participate in different denominations. I'm curious. It's not comfortable where I am a lot because a lot of people, I want them for friends in these churches and I, I develop good friend gifts. But mm-hmm. the way they're going, I can't go with them. And 
and it's just like the drug friends. They were uncomfortable when I wouldn't do drugs with them. And these people are uncomfortable if I don't speak in their tongues and don't mm -hmm. put my hands up and get all foaming at the mouth and without interpretation. And I can't do that. I won't do that. They think they're talking in tongues of angels, and there's no accountability. They're, they have classes now where they teach you how to, teach, to speak in tongues. I mean, let's, okay, let's put a label on it and put a price tag on it. And you, five dollars, you can learn how to speak in tongues. You know, I don't want to go before my God rattling off that nonsense. What's happening for me now is I'm starting to listen more, take responsibility for being a spirit, not being a body. I don't have a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a body. Okay, you got to get that straight. A lot of people say, well, my spirit. No. You're talking from your body there. Talking about your body and your vessel and the life you own. So I'm at that point now, I've been letting go of so much that I'm looking for more to let go. I have to do therapy. I don't need to be corrected. I just need to simply let go. Let go, let the stream. And live that life instead of hanging onto a rock. So, so letting go of the, the religion, I'll always probably participate in Christianity to some degree with different individuals because from time to time, I do find individuals who know. I yeah. found that ever gives you one sandwich and expect you to live on that for the rest of your life. And, you know, it's it's like if, if, if you've got this curiosity and you're not willing to dismiss it, Mm -hmm. Chances are something else is going to occur for you in mm -hmm. that to give you some resolution about it. Uh, could be serious of experience. I mean, these are the days when young men will have visions and green dreams. So be stepping into that realm. You're on your own, buddy. <laughs>